You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Welcome back to part two of our Cheltenham Festival preview for the Matchday FM podcast. Hope I find you well after our first episode. And uh, we're going to look now at days three and four. Myself, Joe Richardson, in the company of Harry Reynolds and Ben Wignall. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. It isn't like we've just continued this Zoom call for days one and two. On to straight into the action then. Still got plenty of races to get through. Thursday, the action gets underway with, well, arguably, again, one of the races of the week. This is the betting then for the Turners at the moment. Bob Ollinger, six to five, best price, five to four, best price, Galapin de Champs. I mean, it would be a, a titanic clash if they were to take each other on. And uh, I think horses will be certainly running scared of, of uh, those two uh, trying to find uh, Eek out third place. Lompress is still in this, but we believe he is going to go for the three-miler. Jungle Boogie is at 10 to 1. And then we've got, at bigger prices, the likes of El Barra and Manila Drama, we think, are going to be uh, runners in this. And maybe Bothwell Bridge at a massive price. But who knows? Who bloody knows? The Turners, uh, Harry, again, pain for you with the anti-post selections. Um, but if it was Bob Ollinger versus Galapan Deschamps, who are you backing? Uh, well, I should say if Bob Ol- if Galapan wins this, it will be a nuclear disaster in terms of anti-post burn because I've had Bob Ollinger on all sorts. He was on one of, most of my very first speculative anti-post free bets, and yeah, that would be an absolute sickener. But I. Every day we get closer to this race, the more I'm confident that Bob Ollinger will beat Galapin Deschamps. As I mentioned on the the last pub we've just done, Galapin's another one over less than two and a half miles and a half a furlong. And his most impressive performance for me was the three-mile grade one novice hurdle he went last year. Um, walked through basically every hurdle and still won by an absolute mile. Don't get the logic. Don't understand why you'd rather take on Bob Ollinger than... Brave Man's Game and and the like, uh, I find it baffling. As I'm again, as I said last time, Paul Town has not been able to pull him up for ages after the line. Not like you know, typical couldn't pull him up and he's gone 50 yards. Like he's gone down back to the first first fence in the back straight. He's gone that far. Um, mad. Uh, Bob Ollinger's one of the fastest horses in training. I would say a lot of people have crabbed his jumping um, with. Seem to forget that he's a novice. He's, he's a novice, exactly. Yeah. He's going to make mistakes, and even still, I mean, he pecked at one at Gore, and you know you can forgive that. Um, was a bit sticky. Another one. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's okay. He's not, you know, exuberant, but he's not, you know, he's not walking through fences. He's just, he's just barely safe, and I don't mind that. You know, this this race is more about speed than stamina, anyway. So uh, I don't want a horse get flying at him and walking. I mean, if you if you're going at this speed, they'll go and you get it slightly wrong, you're gone. And you know pretty confidently anyway that Bob Ollinger's going to get round. I watched his run back against Capadano as well. Uh, his last run, again, not necessarily flashy, but good jumping, no issues with it at all. But, I mean, Rachel Blackmore never even gave him a proper slap. It was just sort of a tap down the neck, a few taps down the neck, turn in for home. And he absolutely went a mile clear, Capadano. He's down towards the line. Yeah, I'm more and more confident. I just think he's an absolute beast. I don't know whether he'd be a Ryanair horse or a Gold Cup horse. I think Galapan Deschamps is more of a Gold Cup horse, personally. And we saw the other year, we had Defi de Soy against Lost in Translation. Now, obviously, that didn't work out as maybe we expected. And, and these are both better than they were, I would say. But in that in that instance, speed, the speed of Defi de Soy beat the stamina of Lost in Translation. I expect the same to happen again. Very nice analysis. I like it. Uh, ben? Which camp are you in? Even though the Codfather himself has said that Bob Ollinger is the leader of the meeting, I'm going against his better judgment. And I think if they both line up, I still think Bob will win this. Obviously, his jumping's not been perfect, but like I said, the novices, so they're bound to 
you know, make a few mistakes. And even if he has made mistakes, he's, he's won his, his races over fences. So, can't really crab him too much. He's obviously got the speed. We know he, he gets up that hill. Um, I just really don't want them to face each other. I know it's, you know, you want to see the best face the best, but they can, I think galloping just going to be better over there, further. And this is Bob's perfect trip for now. So, yeah, I'm hoping they are split apart. And I'm hoping that, well, I think Bob will will win this at a counter if it's just him against the rest and not galloping. But if they come against each other, I would be slightly worried, but I'd still be confident of him, you know, just about getting the job done. I was going to, I meant to say, sorry to Burton again. I'm, I'm, people have been saying that Gallopin's been a lot more impressive than Bob Ollinger, but Bob Ollinger's beaten the horses, the same horses that Gallopin the shot has beat, beaten, and he's beaten them by further. Mm-hmm. But everyone seems to forget that. Like, I, I just find it amazing. I, I, that... I, th- I think people just get kind of carried away yeah. with, uh, you know, seeing a, a, like a perfect jumping performance, like the. Like you know, you know, watching that um, that first run at Leopardstown for Gallop and the Shunt was just you took your breath away. It was just unbelievable. Like it didn't touch a twig. It was just kind of perfect. Like like Monkfish, I think last year in the um, it was either the Dublin Racing Festival or the or the time before that it was just perfect jumping. But yeah, Bob Bob Ollinger, absolutely nothing wrong with him. Uh, won at the festival last year, roared it home, absolutely class, loved it, um, and he'll do the same again. I think. Um, uh, again, be some race, but uh, I think Bob Ollinger will will do him, and hopefully we've we've got a clash for the ages. But uh, Harry will be hoping they are kept not. apart. <laughs> Moving on to the Potemps three mile handicap hurdle, not my favourite. Arguably, race. arguably worse than the cross country. Yeah, mm, you can qualify yeah. for a race by finishing sick. Yeah, it's so. Pretty bad. Winter Fog is the favourite for Emmett Mullins. Target trainer, six to one. Cider Berlay, former winner. Off top weight, though. Seven to one for Gordon Elliott. Same trainer with Dunboyne. Right place, right time, eight to one. And Philippe is tens. Volcano, twelves and fourteen to one. And bigger the rest. I certainly won't be betting in the attempts, I don't think, unless... uh, Unless I find something in the, in the next few days, but um, anything float your boats here, Ben? Not one I'll be particularly siding with anyone particularly right now. But the Jam Man, if if the hand breaks off or not, we never know. With Ron McNally, Jam Man is fourteen to one. Um, obviously, Winter Fog was double figures, but some shrewd he's tipped him up and he's half the price. So we know Emmett Mull- Emmett Mullins another trainer who's likes the target races. Um, but yeah, the jam man, I'm at a couple of quid. I'm, I've not particularly decided yet. It's not a, a race that I tend to find a win in. But if Cider Burley wins off top weight, that'd be a nice one. Three Would that be three in a row if he, if he wins this? It'd be three out of four. Three out of four. Ooh, good enough. It would be the first to do it three times, though. I was actually oh, talking because I, I was going to pick Cider Burley. Not a massive opinion. This would be... I mean, I'd like to watch every race when I'm there for four days. But, you know, if I'm picking one to miss to get a pint, this would be it scandalous how you can finish sixth and qualify for this and don't like it uh, but Cider Berlay would be the interesting one his record at Cheltenham is 1-1-2 second in the stairs last year you know just maybe not that top class grade one staying hurdler but down to a decent mark here he'll have Rob James claiming seven off him so he's off 1.9 I think he's got every chance he's Again, he's been a bit sort of found in the market, in from 11s into 7s on what I'm looking at. Um, but still a decent each-way price. Um, and, yeah, uh, I would just go side of Berlay, uh, but not a huge opinion. I will probably be having a pint at this point. You're listening to the brand-new Matchday FM podcast. Do you agree or more likely disagree with our panel's views? And let us know. You can find us on Twitter. We're on at matchdayfm. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Matchday FM. Right, on to the Ryan Air, the 250 race, which is, for most people, uh, their absolute banker of the week, Alaho, four to six favourite, who absolutely dotted up in this race last year, beating Fakir Duderi by 12 lengths. It was the best performance, in my opinion, of the festival. And he's a very short price to beat. 
uh, his rivals here. Conflated is eight to one, who we believe is going to go here, not the Gold Cup now. Chamblou, the same price. Janadil, tens. Tornado Fly, elevens. The winner, of course, of the King George. Fakaduderi is 12s, but might skip this. Eldorado Allen and Mellon, 14 to 1, 16 to 1, and bigger the rest. Alaho wins, doesn't he? But have we got an each way alternative, or are we just putting him in your multiples and moving on? He's, he's in plenty of multiples already. Uh, my concern is that only one horse has won this. Um, twice and that's Alberta's run under so was a very short price and he got he got beat by an absolute yoke in 2018 Balco de Flo so I'll be under so on soft ground uh, so it's Cheltenham anything can happen but barring an act of God I don't see how Alaho doesn't just scoot round it I mean it's a much weaker field than last year most of the horses at the top of the market aren't going to go you've got to play it like you said but I mean Chamblou uh, is handicapped by the jockey Asterian for long, can't stand up. Uh, Fakir Duderi is... Uh, I backed Fakir Duderi without favourite um, a while back, but I'd be very surprised if he didn't just wait for Aintree. Uh, he'll get an easy grade one there, I'd suspect, and he doesn't have to run into Alaho. Um, yeah, that, that's that's why he, he ran at Ascot, obviously won, yeah. the, won the Ascot chase. So uh, And it was an absolute maybe. slog. I mean, they were crawling home. I'd be amazed if he ran it. Um Sentimentally, I just I'd love to see Envoy Ellen run here rather than the champion chase. I'd love to see him run well. Um, absolutely broke my heart last year. I'm still not really over it. I don't know what happened to him. I think it well, it must, it must have been the stable change because his form. I mean, he was kicking conflated out of the way as a novice chaser or a novice hurdler. Sorry. So, so uh, how far he's fallen is uh, is a shame. I he walked around somehow got that grade one last time, uh, the worst grade one of all time. Uh, I'd love to see him run well, but I think everyone, everything else in this is just playing for second place. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, can't really find a, even really an each way angle. Maybe Mellon if he if he goes here, but yeah, Alaho should really. Are we allowed to swear in this podcast? Pissing, really? Yeah. Well, you've done it now. And you can you can put the bleeps in if you really want to. That's um, fine. But yeah, he's it's right. Yeah, but you'll just be out of here potting him out. Yeah, he's he just won't, won't be beaten. Well, I know it's famous last words, but he cannot be beaten. Oh dear. Cannot <laughs> be beaten, says what, ben what, what, what I just allowed to lay on the machine right go, now. Yeah, goes goes to uh lay him <laughs> immediately. Um I I think uh the each way alternative for the each way lucky fifteen, which I did earlier in the week, is Janadil. Um absolutely solid runs in behind Alaho, obviously in the John Durkin. Obviously uh Astur and Falange could well have won that if he just stood up, but he doesn't stand up. Um three miles is too far for him. Two and a half miles is perfect. Beat Franco de Port in a grade one as well. So yeah, uh Janadil to chase home Alaho. I think that's a, a, a decent bet at the prices. Can't be having the likes of El Dorado Allen at all. Right, let's move on to the Stayers Hurdle, which is a grade one contest over three miles. And it's a it's a very interesting race this year. Again, flip-flopping kind of anti-post market at the moment. Flooring Porter is his seven to two favorite, who was last year's winner, obviously beaten two lengths by Classical Dream in the Christmas hurdle. All about the start in that race. We'll come on to that in a second. Classical Dream, 9-2, blow out, blew out uh, the last day. So has uh, gone from favourite to second favourite. Same price about Time Hill. Champ is 5-1. to one. Paisley Park, obviously brilliant uh, victory for him last time at Cheltenham. In the Cleave hurdle is 7-1. to one. And then we've got 10-1 to one and bigger the rest. So, yeah, we've got four going for this. Um I'm interested to see what camp we're all in, really, because I think we've 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 had a bit of banter over the year about uh, about all of these. Um, Harry, who who are you siding with as we speak? I'm gonna stick with Classical Dream. I'm nothing if not loyal. Uh, yeah, I backed him in the Supreme of the Year. Uh, he disappointed the season after that, and then 
know, he's a fragile horse. He was off a long time, but then he was backed as if defeat was out of the question at, um, at Punchtown last year. I think he went from about 18s into fives and went round on the bridle. The start uh, at Christmas, yeah. I mean, Paul Townend, I think, wanted the lead, but just has no control over it. But it worked out the, in the end because Florian Porter just hangs, in, hangs into the hangs into the road. Sorry. I think he'd do the same again, but... I did think get Florian about Porter a 10 like head start. Yeah, there we go. he did. But I mean, it's still, I don't think Florian Porter ever wanted to go past. It's just the way... That, that, that's the thing with this race. There's so many of them that you can poke holes in. Um, Classical Dreams won at Cheltenham. I know his run at Gorham was very disappointing, but William Mullins was kicking himself afterwards that he ran him so soon after the race at Christmas. And he's been freshened up a little bit since. He does go well fresh. I don't know. I don't think this is a race anyone can, you know, if we can put your life on. Um, I just, I, I'm going to stick with Classical Dream because I think there was valid reasons for his defeat. I was really disappointed with Champ. There's no way he should have been losing to Paisley Park, especially with a 20-length head start. That was just... I don't know what happened to him. I, I was so impressed with him in the long walk and then he does that. Uh, Tom Hill, I don't know, seems to always find a way to lose. I think Florian Poor, as I said, uh, it's just just not the most straightforward uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Paisley Park would be the story. I'd love to see Paisley Park win, but I just I just can't see it. It's 10, he's too old. Um, I think, and, and Royal Cahal, I think, running as well. I think that's the right race for her but the ground will probably not be to our advantage. So I'll stick with Classical Dream, but I would not put my life on it. Yeah, this is a race that I can't really have a, a fair opinion in, obviously. I think the, the lovable old rogue in me would like Paisley Park to win and storm up that hill, but I don't really know what happened at Cheltenham last time. Was it in the Cleve where he just wiped... The, the floor off champ I don't understand what happened well there. yeah you give him he turned around at the start and give him a, yeah about 15-20 lengths and I don't know whether he just likes the adversity one of the strangest performances I've ever seen in my life um, I was keen on champ before that for this but after that I'm not so much now um, classical dream disappointed last time out maybe he was run too quickly after beating Florian Porter at Leopardstown I'm not sure Um Floyd Porter's a bit of a loony. You never know what you're going to get with him. Time Hill, not that sold on him. So it's pretty much much of a much. I'd probably go with Hulk, that classical dream to maybe prove that last run was a bit of a kind of a, don't even know what to call it. He didn't run his race, did he? He just bombed out pretty quickly, but he's got the Cheltenham for him. Um, in the, obviously, he won the Supreme. So I think I'm going to stick with him at 5-1 to one to to try and get back to his best. But like Harry said, it's not a, a race, even though it is interesting to look at. It's not one that I'll be piling into with all my money. So two votes for classical dreams, is that right? Yeah. Well, I, I've, I have got a, a decent opinion. I, I think Time Hill will win this. Um, I, I think I think you do have to be forgiving with all four of these um, at the top of the market. Uh, but I think Time Hill... Uh, I think is 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 prime for this. Um, I, I I was all over him for for last year's race. Obviously, didn't run in it um, for for whatever reason. Um, I think he was I think he was injured, and then obviously beat uh, Roxana um, in the uh, in the Grade One at Aintree. Fair run there on 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 decent ground. I, I think he, he and I I can't get my head around why. Philip Hobbs ran him in France. That just just completely blags my head on heavy ground for his first run of the season. Just bizarre. So I actually think that his run behind Champ last time in December was actually a very good run. So I will hope that Hobbsy's got him primed for this. And I, I think he's personally got the least questions to answer. Um, but we shall see. Um, 92 is a definite fair price. And he's gone in my lucky 15. So time hill for me. Moving on then to the 410 race, and it is the Paddy Power Plate over two miles, four and a half furlongs. It's a chase and seven to one favorite, clear favorite, Hobbsy again, Celeb Dalen, who won is uh, on a hat trick, having won three races, two at Haydock and one at Warwick, is a seven to one favorite, the Glancing Queen, who 
chased home long press last time. Is it 10 to 1? Birchdale, 12 to 1. Imperial Alcazar, the shunter, obviously got plenty of uh, plenty of entries, the shunter. But he did win this race last year. And uh, 16 to 1. Bustleton, 18 to 1. Bigger the rest. Any decent fancies in the plate, Harry? I was really taken by Imperial Alcazar's win at Cheltenham last time I was there. He absolutely hacked up by 10 lengths. Um, I was actually a little bit disappointed with him when he lost at Christmas beyond Pat's fancy, but I think, looking in hindsight, um, the trip may have been ever so slightly too far for Imperial Alcazar and was just playing into Pat's fancy's hands. Um, yeah, course form, as we mentioned, is just so important. 11 stone 9 is due to carry the minute. I don't think that will necessarily hold him back. Well, I think I think he's probably marginally better than what the, than a regular one part two. So he's he's probably well handicapped, but um, you just don't know in this. The shunter has been disappointing since he won this, really, for me. I know in that time he was second in a grade one at Aintree, but um and only you know three and three quarter months by protector, but I don't know, it just hasn't seemed to go back or found those heights. Um yeah, not not a huge opinion on this again, really. Um, I thought Fuser Raffles might potentially run well. He was second in the turn, what is now the Turners last year, um, on Chantry House, and he's he's won at Champ before, so maybe him uh, as well for the shortlist. Uh, but yeah, I'd, the main one would be Imperial Alcazar, and you know, for the glancing Queen can't win because it's Alan King. I quite fancy Bustleton for this one. It- 12 to 1. He's got form behind Selden issues proving to be quite smart over over fences after transitioning from hurdles. And I don't think he disgraced himself at the at the Dublin Racing Festival, you know, in the in the Oracle over there. I think he was about 15 lengths behind the winner. Um, but I think into handicap company here, I think he could be a bit of a smart player. Um having graded form, I think stepping down into this kind of grade. Could be a, an interesting double-figure player. I'm not one, not one I'm majorly confident on, but he'd be the one I'd be signing with at the minute. And I find it funny how the shunter won this despite not being able to jump a single fence last year. He just seemed to get away like Batash after the final fence, didn't he? Um, sprint up the hill like he's a five-furlong sprinter. Um, don't think that'll be happening this year. The handicapper may have got to him now, but yeah, I'll be going for... Bustleton um, at the minute. Interesting. Uh, there are quite a few horses uh, in this kind of division that I like. Uh, Seal Dinej, I don't think I mentioned. Um, I'm not quite sure what race he, he will be running in. But the Grand Daniel. I should have put him up because <laughs> I really like that. A uh, bit too late. Uh, I also like, uh, I like a couple of this. I like Grand Paradis, um, who's struggled to win this year to be fair but i think is best when going left-handed and then vienna court if she was to run here would be quite interesting for nigel twist and davis won that paddy power uh chase on <laughs> new year's day beating simply the bets alna dam decent form that um and uh just been raised six pounds for that success uh was a beaten favourite last time at Huntingdon in a mare's chase. But if she was to go here rather than the mare's chase, which I think she should, then I would be backing Vienna Court. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. The penultimate race on the Thursday is the mare's novices hurdle, which is a grade two registered as the dawn run and uh again very confusing top of the betting uh dino blue is your five to two favorite who won a maiden hurdle at clonmel by 15 lengths for willie mullins in the jp mcmanus colors and then you've got brandy love and ali gory devassi we'll come on to that that race uh, that they had last time in a minute if we can and party central is 11 to 2. LA Bell, 8 to 1. Grangy, 8 to 1. Love Envoy, 14 to 1. Bigger the rest. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, obviously, very difficult to, to put all these mares' strands of form together 
Um, Harry, what are your thoughts, personally, on that Allegory Devassi race? I think it was, was it Brandy Love that um, hung really, really badly? Well, um, more than hung, just tried to jump into the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, that was a concern. At the same time, it's a blessing in disguise because if she had one that day, she'd have a £5 penalty for this. Which wouldn't have helped her chances. And I back, I backed her at 25 to 1. Uh, they thought a lot of her as a bumper horse. She had decent form. I was more than happy with her uh, maiden hurdle win, which was going left-handed. And she was absolutely fine the whole way around. Uh, bucked out in front. Straight as a gun battle the whole way around. No issues whatsoever. So uh, some people have crabbed her for that last time, but you just have to put a line through it. She could, and, and in fairness, the, the fact that she was still able to get so close to Allegory Devassi despite throwing away God knows how many lengths at every single hurdle. It's not like it was just one or two where she was going violently um, violently left. It was every single hurdle. So it was a remarkable performance. Um, the shrewd one lately has been uh, Dino Blue. who's been backed into favoritism, but I don't know how you could have her for this really. She's run, I know she won a maiden hurdle really impressively, but that was on heavy ground. You know, would you be saying that she'd absolutely love the, the faster ground? I don't know. Um, LA Bell would have been interested in, but she's not running here because she's got a penalty herself. Danny Mullins seemed to think, or was it? No, it was uh, was it Brian Cooper on Grand G last time? Sorry. Yeah, it was Brian Cooper. Sorry. Seemed to think he had um, Allegory Devassi and Brandy Love covered when, um, when Grand G fell at Fairy House. So that's an interesting angle. And then you've got Party Central who can get there late enough really and that's going to be a very good ride to watch from David Russell you wouldn't want anyone else on board really um but I'm I well I was very confident on Brandy Love and then there's been a bit of a drift so I don't know it's put a bit of doubt in my mind but I, I think you know on what we've seen from her um I'd be very confident she could win this I am also sad with Brandy Love probably not good for your bet Harry having me jinx it but uh, at least I won't be on at 25s. I'll more be on at the, the 10 to 3 than it is at the minute. Hopefully they're jumping from last time out. It's not an issue, you know, but they're, they're going the right way for her this time, so to speak. And like I said, there's no penalty for her. So it's not a, a race I'm massively strongly on, but I think out of everyone, I fancy Brandy Love, especially over Dino Blue, who's very inexperienced going into this race. So, yeah, Brandy Love for me in this one. Interesting, and I'd be all over uh, Party Central and a uh, Davy Russell masterclass. Get it done, Davy. Right, final race on Thursday is the Kim Muir, which is run over three miles, two furlongs. Pretty difficult to uh, preview at the minute with sixty-three entries, but we'll do our best. Um, Frontal Assault is eleven to two. Uh, running off top weight, that is one hundred and forty-five. Um, and we got the likes of Smoking Gun, Ain't That a Shame, Mr. Fog Patches, Omar Moretti, Schoolboy Hours, Cat Tiger, all around the 14, 16 to 1 mark, along with Diol Kerr and Fakir Dalen. Uh, Harry, is this a race that you will be hoping that you won't have to have a bet in? Or oh, will you want to? Uh, I don't know. It, I mean, I, I've got good memories of this last year, obviously, with Mount Ida. Um, was absolutely thrown in front of the assault. They were delighted to get a mark of one four five and just get in. They thought the uh, the UK handicap would give him even more than what he did. And again, Rob James is booked to take off seven. So I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about smoking gun as well. And Jamie Codd is on smoking gun. You wouldn't go far wrong back in Jamie Codd. But those are the two top ones in the market. So I don't know. Um, Jericho Rock. Uh, yeah, he was Tom Scudamore's horse to follow for the season. He's 14 to 1. Now he keeps finding one too good, but off 133, he's one on good to soft before, it goes on soft, but I, I don't think it'll come to that. Um, yeah, may, maybe the, the, a bigger price, Jericho Rock. Uh, yeah, 14 to 1 is not a huge value, um, considering he was 25 not too long ago, but that would be the outsider. And also, he's got to get in as well, actually. He's 43, so he might not even get in saying that. Um, yeah, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Front of the Salt won, but again, not not hugely bold selection. Great this pick, is... great pick, Jericho Rock. Uh, that that was that was. He's got to get in though. He's yeah, got to get in. Of course, of course. Um, see if he runs in this or the ultimate. Ben, your thoughts? This is my crowning glory last year, wasn't it? I threw Mount Ida in at a, a very nice price, and she 
absolutely hacked up from last to first. It looked like she's going to get pulled up. Unfortunately, I don't have a a major selection. I thought that was one of my confident ones last year, but I've kind of honed in on Mr. Fog Patches. 14 to 1 in place at the minute. He's not exactly a major confident pick for me. He's been running well in handicaps around this distance, uh, the three mile two distance this season. He's run behind Run Wild Fred and Longhouse Poet. He's been within five to eight lengths of them to, to name a few. So I don't think he's a, a major standout, but I think he could serve it up to the the horses with the bigger trainers for, for Peter Foy. So yeah, Mr. Fog Patches at, at 14s is probably what I'll be siding with right now. Excellent stuff. So that is day three boxed off. What's the best bet on day three? I'll go Brandy Love. I'm gonna oh Lord. I'm gonna go with Bob Olinger. I know he's not much of a price, but yeah, like that horse. Like it a lot. And I'll go for Time Hill in the Stayers Hurdle. Now, if you're enjoying this, then why not check out our blog? You can find it on our website. Just search for Matchday FM. Right, we've got to Gold Cup Day at last. Oh, the home straight is in sight. But it's not just about the Gold Cup because we start the Friday with potentially a cracker, uh, the Triumph Hurdle. Over two miles, one furlong and a Vobar is the seven to four favourite for Willie Mullins in the colours of Rich Ritchie, taking on Pied Piper, who was so impressive last time at Cheltenham. Best price, five to two. Phil Dorr, who's been the anti-post favourite or was the anti-post favourite for a long time in this, is now out to six to one. The finale winner at Chepstow, Porticello, is 11 to one. Iker Allen was very impressive at Fairy House, 12 to one. Ilete Ton, who was third in that Vauban uh, race, is uh, 12 to one as well. And the same price about Knight Salute. And Dan Skelton likes his charge dr parnassus so it could be a really really good race and, and potentially uh, you know some of these horses at double figure price might be a little bit unlucky to be up against the likes of a voban and pie piper and might make into good horses uh, themselves harry what are your uh, thoughts good race yeah excellent race and i mean ilete ties the wise guy selection isn't it given how he ran on on davies william mullins third and Vauban and Phil Dorr. Um, I think, I mean, Willie Mullins will keep running him in, in these great ones. And if he doesn't win one of them, he will still be a novice for next year. So, you know, he, he looks a very good prospect. Um, I, I, I like Knight Salute, but I think the last seven winners of the Adonis have failed to place in, in this. Porticello, I think, needs soft ground. I think it is between the top three. Um, I would favour Pied Piper over Vauban, mainly because of the course form. Um, and he was a really strong stayer on the on the flat as well, Pied Piper. Um, but I'm going to stick with Phil Dorr. I've, I've been with him all year. I think there was valid excuses for the defeat at Leopardstown behind Vauban. They went a crawl. It didn't suit Phil Dorr. He's much more of a stay. I think they've identified him as a three mile a three miler in the future. So what that turned into a sprint that definitely didn't suit him. Still wasn't beaten all that far. He's a good jumper. Uh, he's a good galloper. I just hope something in this goes wild in front and turns it into a proper race. If that happens, I think he's got every chance of reversing the form with, with Vauban, whether that's going to be good enough to beat Pied Piper, who knows. Um, but I, I can't wait to watch it. I think it's a hell of a race. really is uh, a, 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 good, a good race. And, uh, and last year's Triumph Hurdle turned out to be uh, a cracker as well with some of the horses that came out of it. Ben, uh, who are you siding with? Well, I really don't think there's that much between the top three, to be fair. You know, Pied Piper beat Vauban before going on to Cheltenham and, and packing up. Um, but then that was Vauban's first run for Willie Mullins over hurdles. And then obviously Vauban beat Fildor the next time out. So there's not really much to split with him, to be fair. But simply just because of the kind of connections, I'm just going to go with Vauban. Um, I think he was pretty impressive, you know, to come on for that that second to Pied Piper to beat Phil Dorr. But to be fair, like Harry said, Illiter Tom, for his first run for Willie Mullins, 
being third and just a few legs off that that front two is pretty impressive. So Dovey can just look at the top three as potential winners. I don't particularly think the the British like Porticello and, and Knights Luke are going to be able to cope with the the Irish contingent. But obviously, it would not shock me one bit if any of those first three or Ilita Tomp end up getting out in front. So. I picked Vauban, but it's not one that I've got major confidence in because I think any of those four could potentially come out on top. Yeah, it really is uh, a great race. I'd I'd be I'd be in the Pied Piper camp. I just just absolutely loved that performance uh, at, at Cheltenham last time. And you know when when I saw that at the time, I was like, yeah, that's the triumph for her to win it. Absolutely no doubt at all. And then a week later, Vauban comes out and and beats uh, Phil Dor by three lengths in. Very, very impressive fashion. Brilliant race. Um, but I, I, I would probably the uh, the the bet um, that I'll have the the money back as cash with uh, a certain bookmaker will be Knight Salute. I've, I've I've followed him most of the season and just been really, really impressed by him. Yeah, a re- really good, uh, really good winner of the Adonis. I know obviously the form, the uh, the, the history of Adonis win isn't great, but uh, yeah, Knight Salute for me a a, a decent price to to get me some money to play potentially elsewhere. On to the county hurdle then. Uh, great race. Uh, two miles is the trip. I had the winner last year, Belfast Banter. Uh, five to one, State Man is your favourite for Willie Mullins. Seven to one, Top Bandit. Eight to one, West Cork, the winner of the uh, Greatwood hurdle. Echoes and Rain, tens. Colonel Mustard, twelves, along with I Like to Move It, adamantly chosen, fourteens. Mm along with any harm in asking far out and my mate Mozzie. Devilishly difficult, as usual, the county. But, uh, Harry, what are, your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Echoes in Rain. Uh, I thought I expected a lot more of her this year. Um, after winning that grade one, uh, Punch of Sound, she did bounce back to form somewhat beyond Honeysuckle. Arguably ran too well in that, and it's got her up to a mark of 150. I think she's probably still a bit better than that. The one that concerns me is Colonel Mustard, who was only three and a quarter lengths behind Eckers in Rain at Punchestown, giving her seven pounds. So in this, Colonel Mustard is getting 10 pounds off Eckers in Rain with the handicap mark. So it's some swing and, and you would have to respect that. I think they, they, were, they were keen to miss chatting with Colonel Mustard, but it, you know, it might look a really good opportunity. He's been behind Sagaha, John Bond, Eckers in Rain, like I mentioned. So it'll have a chance, but I'll stick with Echoes in Rain. Uh, they should go like lightning in this, and, and she's been a really keen horse. It should suit her. I think the track will be fine for her. Um, Stateman would also be interesting, but I think he might go to the Mountain Pipe. Um, West Cork, again, that great would form. Uh, I, I would, I'd be a bit concerned that he hasn't ran since December. Um, only ran twice this season, and, and he, he was hard to keep right before then. Obviously, he was off for over a year and a half before winning the great would. Um, yeah, there'll be all sorts down there. Um, you got the any harm in any harm in asking beat Constitution Hill in a in a point. So it should be a great race. It's always great to watch. Not been great for my bank balance by any means, but I think I'll stick with Echoes in Rain. Yeah, you're never quite sure what's going and what's not here. I did have West Cork down at eight to one. He's obviously the great wood form like we've touched on. Isn't too bad. Um he's obviously didn't lose that much in defeat last time out when he came fifth um, I had Party Central on here at 16 so I'm not sure if she's going uh, to go off this race definitely going for the Mayor's novice yeah that's what I thought so we can cross her out but if she did go here that I would quite fancy but there's nothing really standing out in the, the odds simply because I don't know really what's going to go here Harry's made a pretty decent case for Echoes in rain, but for now, I think, especially with the skeletons liking to target this race, I'll stick with, with West Cork. West Cork for Ben and Harry. What do you go for again? Echoes in rain. Echoes in rain. And uh, I've got uh, one I, I, I like, I do like Colonel Mustard. I've actually been backing him um, to uh, uh, without the favorite the last, the last couple of times, just missed out on it. Um, Last time behind Sagar High, but he's got an obvious chance. I like to move it back to him. Short head, gutted in the Betfair hurdle. That was uh, a bit of a sickener, but um, probably go back in on um, on him. And also the third in that race in the in the Betfair hurdle, first street could run uh, very well in a in a big field once again. So uh, 
yeah, very interesting. Moving on to the Albert Bartlett then, and Jinto is the three to one joint favorite along with Hillcrest. Manella Kakuna, seven to one uh, for Willie Mullins. No Manella Kruna, thankfully, for the commentators out there. Bardenstown Lad, eight to one along with the nice guy Shantrews, nine to one. And Staghorn for Archie Watson at 12 to 1, Falcon 8, 16s, and bigger the rest. Um, ah, tough one. Uh, Hillcrest, your one to like here, Harry? Yeah, I think me and Ben are going to be in agreement here. Hillcrest is an absolute unit. Um, the way he jumps his hurdles is a bit weird. He seems to land on all fours, but I mean, the engine he's got, uh, the time at Haydock was sensational. I thought he'd gone way too quick in front. Um, in that race and he just seemed to keep going uh he was really unlucky to unseat before that at Cheltenham and yeah his form this season has been solid he beat Iron Maximus he's won at Cheltenham he's, he's won on good to soft he's won on, um so ground's no issue Jinto yeah seems to be going for this race now I I, I don't know I, I maybe fancy him more for the Ballymore but um I don't think it's the deepest hour ballot of all time and, and this race I don't think you need to have the same profile as you used to but Hillcrest would, would fit the old profile. He's just, he's battle hard and he's a slogger. Horses have, have tried to get beside him a few times and they've not been able to get past. And uh, I think he's going to be, a mon- he's going to be even better offences, uh, but I think he should still win this. Yeah, I am in agreement. I think I needed, after many class passes, I needed a new Hemmings horse to to love, love and uh, Hillcrest might be that horse. He's, a, he's an absolute brute, isn't he? Just... He's definitely going to be, I know it's a cliche, but he's going to be a, a very good chase. You'd imagine it's good to see a trainer like Henry Daly as well. He's not had that much recent big grade of success to, you know, have a, a talented horse like this. He's he's already won at Cheltenham this season, beating Iron Maximus. Who knows what, what would have happened if he, he didn't get brought down in the the Ballymore a couple of months ago at Cheltenham. He, he might have hacked up in that as well. There would have been probably no doubts if, if that happened. Um, it might be clear favourite for this. But, you know, he's very impressive at Haydock, kept galloping through the line. Yeah, he could polish up his jumping a little bit, but I don't see why he, he won't continue to progress. I don't think this is a particularly deep race. So I think Hillcrest, to me, is just a big brute of a horse, and I think he'll he'll win this. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't have an, an, an opinion, but the, the, there might be there might be a few at, at bigger prices, the likes of, obviously, Falcon 8, Um and the hollow games that may well be overpriced, but we'll, we shall see. So that was the Albert Bartlett. And now the big one, the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup is the feature of the week. And it is a very, very interesting race this year. Perhaps no standout performances or horses uh, this year, but uh, no less of a race, or as always, Aplutar, Last year's runner-up is your joint seven to two favourite, along with Galvin, a Cheltenham Festival winner in his own right and a Grade One winner last time out. Manella Indo, last year's winner, is five to one. Protectorat for the Skeletons is eight. Album Photo, who was denied a third Gold Cup last year, is going for his third again at the age of ten. And then we've got the likes of Tornado Flyer, Chantry House, Royal Pagai, Asterion Falange, Mount Ida, Fiddler on the Roof. And then bigger prizes, the likes of Santini, I Write, if they are to go for this race. So the Gold Cup then, gents. Um, ben, take it away. So I was leaning towards Galvin. He does, he never, you know... He's always in it as his race. He's very much, you know, come from being a kind of going around the northern, you know, he's kind of won a few races at Perth and he won the National Hunt Chase. I never thought it'd be a, a Gold Cup horse in a million years, but he's, you know, he's somehow found that quality to be up at the top of the market in, in this. But in recent days and last weeks, so I've been siding more towards Manila Indoor. Going back to back, I just think he, he really likes Shelton Manelli in Indo, doesn't he? Um, I think that King George run, yeah, he pulled up, but he, I'm hoping that was a bit of an anomaly. He's kind of more like it when he was second to conflated last time out in the Irish Gold Cup. I could just potentially see him powering up, up the, the Cheltenham Hill again and battling off Galvin and Um 
it's not one that fills me with major confidence, but it's not a it's a race where I couldn't give you a, a massive, you know, confidence pick up Tor after his Haydock run earlier in the year. I thought he might be a, a massive star, but he was battled off by Galvin uh, in the Savills. Um so not too keen on him. So I'm just gonna start in Manila Indoor once again to, to go back to back. Harry, how many horses can win this? Statistically, about three. I'll make it. Yeah, three. Um, there would be Galvin, Manila Rindo, and Protectorat. Uh, I mean, obviously, not many horses have won back to back Gold Cups, but it has happened. So, Manila Rindo, yeah. Generally, the horse's best chance of winning a Gold Cup is their first run in it. Um, so, there you have Galvin and Protectorat. I can't for the life of me have Protectorat. I don't believe the former Aintree is anything. He beat, he was getting weight off her now retired Nettie River. He was, you know, not what he used to be. Bless him. Um, yeah, I mean, Galvin's the one for me. I backed him at the start of the year at 33-1. to 1. It was a speculative punt, thinking he, you know, it was going to be an open Gold Cup and he might fall into a place. Um, and I was thinking the same after Apple Tower when the Betfair chase, but in hindsight, that was on good soft ground. Royal Pagai's second, Mudlark, absolutely needs it heavy to have any chance. Chatham Street Lab was third, awful. Clondor Castle, fourth and Malbec, awful. Imperial Aura, Fell has since been pulled up twice. Bristol Demai. You have given up on Imperial Aura yet, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have now, yeah. Um, Good. The Bailey Loyalist. Uh, Bristol Demai, not where he was, waiting patiently, retired. So, like, the form is horrible. Uh, you go to the Savills, and it turned into a, you know, a sprint at the end. They went slowly. Galvin got, got put in a pocket by Rachel Blackmore and Apolita, and still quickened up to be Apolita for pace. Now, I didn't think he could possibly do that. I, I thought this race would suit a Galvin more than Apolita because it's more of a you know, a, a test of stamina and staying. We know he, he stays really well. He won the National Hunt Chase, Galvin. Uh, but now we know he's got pace too. So I think he's a perfect horse for this. Um, I'm really confident. I think the new he's not run on a new course yet. And that was certainly much more than what he'd been on. And he'd been able to win on the old course as well. Um, it's amazing to think a horse that was running at Perth and the like it can end up being joint favourite for a Gold Cup. He may even got a favourite. Um, yeah, I'm really, really sweet on Galvin now. Uh, you know, I think Apolita is a very good horse, but I'm not sure he entirely stays, and I'm not sure he entirely wants to win that much. He's been beaten far too many times for me. Um, and the stat is, I think it's one from 120 odd horses that have lost their first cock up and come back to win it, and the only one who's done it is Nate River. Um, and again, Corto Star, the only horse who lost, who, who won the Gold Cup, lost it, and then re regained it. So that would be bad for Alvin Photo, who's 10 anyway, so he's probably too old. Uh, Manila Rindo, I don't know how you could be happy with that with that run behind conflated. I mean, Janitor was closing on him. He's a mile off what he was doing last year. I know he lights up at Cheltenham, but he, he got done, you know, by champ that year and his champ a fast horse. And then Galvin certainly, I'd say, faster than another endo and he stays further. So, yeah, I'll be very confident on Galvin. Yeah, I think only three horses can win this. Not not uh, not going off any off any stats, but uh, just, just the way I see it. Um, and and, and that is is the top three protector at as as you say, Harry. Absolutely agree. Couldn't have it. The form is 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 not good enough. You know, you should be winning a um uh, the, the Paddy Power Gold Cup. You know, if he was good enough to win a gold cup, he would he would be beating Midnight Shadow, you know what I mean? What That's I didn't get point. about that that handicap either was everyone was saying that um protector would have won but for a mistake, but Midnight Shadow chewed the last absolutely yeah. and was going miles clear at the time so uh no i i know they everyone again everyone's been saying oh well long run won that but come on look protector isn't even in that class it's, no. it's nowhere near it and this is a horse i don't even think i don't even think he stays I, I, no, no, no. Well, we don't know do we absolutely every, everything in that entry race and uh like look back at his form last year he got beat 41 lengths by empire steel it was rated one three five at the time at Kelso in a, in a novice's chase, giving him four pounds. Like that's, I just I just don't get it. it, I, don't it, get it. I don't it think sounds, yeah. It sounds stupid to say considering he's won a three mile uh, race at Aintree by twenty five lengths, but I just think he's a just a complete non stayer in a, a gold cup trip at gold cup pace. Absolutely no chance. Not a hope in hell. Um, eight to one, shocking price. Um, and then Aplutard. Yeah, you've 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 covered that well. The Haydock uh, form is poor. Manila Indo, I think, does have a good chance. Does come alive around Cheltenham, um, but I think Galvin 
Galvin is the one um, for all the reasons that you said. I'm just jealous that I'm not on at 33 yeah. to one. He, he, he may well go a favourite. Let's let's uh, let's wait and see. But 72, probably as good as you're going to get about Galvin. The Matchday FM podcast available now on Apple and Spotify. Moving on then, uh, three more races to cover. We're getting there. The Fox Hunters. Yeah, Any... do we care about the Fox Hunters? Ugh. Ah, I mean, obviously. I've been hurt too many times where I've been away to even care about this race anymore. <laughs> uh, have you got, we got anything for us? No, I just hope Billaway has a terrible day. Uh, I'll um, go for Wing Liga. Uh, Wing Liga? Wing Leader, sorry, at 5-1. to one. Don't particularly like this race. Um, not going for Billaway again after... Last year he didn't. In all seriousness, though, with Billaway, they have put cheap pieces on, so that might help. That might help him actually want to get you know win me some money for once because that was like seven hundred and fifty quid last year. I had a trip. I had an anti-post travel of Monkfish in the RSA, Cigar had in the bumper, and then Billaway, and he lost by what like a short head because he just didn't want to go past. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a nice one Pain. for you. No. Anyway, wing league a winged leader. That's a bit of a mouthful. Beat Billaway by twelve lengths last time, uh, so I'm just gonna. Go off him. He's on a five race win streak. He might be one of back on the day. Could probably go without betting on this race, but yeah, if I was going to pick one, it'd be winged, winged leader. Well, I I hate to name drop once again. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not a massive name drop. But um, I was um, I was editing a piece with Gina Andrews, which is going out on racing TV at the minute, and uh, she talked up her two. Uh, Tom Ellis's uh, two horses, Dubai Quest and Fume Du Derry. Fume Du Derry is a Cheltenham, uh, I was going to say festival, Chelten, just a Cheltenham winner. Um, a Dubai Quest won at Weatherby last time, beating a, a decent yardstick in Lebroy by five and a half lengths. And Gina Andrews will ride Dubai Quest. So I think that is a decent vote to, for Dubai Quest. In the Fox Hunters, our penultimate race is the Mayor's Chase. Two miles, four and a half furlongs, and the nap of the week. Ellie May runs here, lads. Five to two. Taking on Mount Ida. You've got uh, men. And Concertista. Riviere Detel is in here, but won't run. The Glancing Queen, Zambella. Gin Online, put the kettle on. Probably runs in the champion chase. Oh, I don't know. This year, she's been... A long way below what she was, um, what she was doing last year. Like, I mean, the two times she's run over further than two miles this year, like Zambella beat her outside, and uh, okay, there must be excuses there because that's just not true form. But Mount Ida beat her at Fairy House, turned the tables from last year when they met at the end of the season at the same track. Um, yeah, they've put cheap pieces on air as well, but I just, I don't know, wouldn't be for me on what I've seen this year. Uh, I, I think. I'd be concerned about Mount Ida going left-handed again. I know they said she had an issue last year, but she can't jump like that and get away with it against these. And that's the only time she's ever been left-handed. So there must be something in that because there's no way you just stick to round the tracks. I know Constantine has only had two runs over over fences, but her Cheltenham record is 2-1-2. She stayed really well. I wasn't sure she'd stay that far when she went last time. Beat Darren's Hope. She's beaten Jeremy's Flame as well this year. Uh, who's had a good season. Uh, I think she'd be better on nicer ground. She, she's been winning on soft and heavy, which I'm not sure is entirely her bag. Um, I'm surprised that she's been dismissed by so many. I know she's got to give any main Mount Ida three pounds, but I, I really like her. I think she's um, she's an economical jumper. We know she loves Cheltenham. She might just be more unexposed than any main Mount Ida. And certainly the price is now, I mean, I'm much more inclined to go for her at sort of four to one than, than the other two. Even though it's probably about two miles less than what she actually wants in distance, I think Mount Ida would be my pick. I've got to stick with a bit of loyalty after last year. Definitely not her ideal distance. I don't think this kind of two and a half plus miles trip. Uh, but she beat Ellie May last time. I don't really see why Ellie May would reverse the the form. I think Mount Ida's a bit more game than a bit about Ellie May last year when Colin Reeve did a we were both going right to the line. I thought Ellie May was going to get there, but she she didn't end up getting there. We know that Colt Reevee now that obviously she beat Monkfish and Emma Allen after that. So she was clearly a, a good mare, but Ellie May has been a bit bit off this season and I couldn't really 
Habit to beat Matt Ida. Constantine's an interesting one. She's clearly got talent, but will she be better than Matt Ida? I'm I'm not completely sure. So around five to two, I've seen Matt Ida out today. I'd probably be be backing her. So there we go. We've got three different selections for you in the mayor's chase. Uh, let's see uh, who comes out on top of that. Well, I just think Ellie May. I think you just for me. I'm going off that form last year and how good uh, Cole Reevy. Uh, that the form of Cole Reevy obviously going and, and beating uh, the two Mullins horses, Monkfish and, and obviously Envoy LN uh, as well at, uh, at Punchestown. That is just brilliant for obviously it was last year. Hasn't been at her best this year, but I'm hoping that the sparks will come back. The cheek piece is added and that she will beat a Mount Ida who I believe needs further and concertise that hasn't had the experiences over fences that Ellie May has but we shall see that's a that's a, I like it I like it all three of us going for a different one there and finally final race of the Cheltenham Festival if you're in need of a winner as we all have been over the years uh going down to the 28th race of 28 and I, oh, I don't even want to think about it to be you. it is the martin pipe uh langer dan obviously second in this race to the freak that is galapander champs he's five to one will he find something as good as that this year state man is he that horse in uh, the donnelly colors Chemical Energy is in here as well, along with Hollow Games. Plenty of these with different uh, entries. Adamantly Chosen is 10s. Not sure at all how many of these are going to turn up, Harry. But uh, Langer Dan, is he your idea of the winner? Yeah, he's got to be the best handicapped horse in the UK and Ireland. Um, was was narrowly beaten. Well, I say narrowly beaten. Was, was convinced to beat by... Galapando's chance, but I think in forgivable circumstances, um, he ran really well. He went up to 140 for that, uh, which is still a long way below where Galapando's chance is now. Uh, wasn't seen again until a couple of weeks ago at Taunton, plodded round last of six, given a very easy time of it, um, and got dropped three pounds. So he's now only two pounds higher than he was last year, uh, which is insane. Um, yeah, I think it's he should just win this. I, I Hopefully there's nothing in there of the calibre of Galapando's chance to to do him again, but we'll see, I guess. But no, I, I, I mean, this would be, you know, nap of the week material for me, Langadan. Nap of the week material. There we go. Uh, ben? I'm not having Langadan whatsoever. He might be thrown in, but he was thrown in last year and he met a Gallop and a Um, You know, State Man could be anything. Um, he's got a lot of potential and I like, I like him and Adam Huntley Chosen, you know, he was... Behind Gringo Dobrell, who was, you know, talked up by a, a few previews, and that horse went to the, the cello, I think it was, uh, Newbury. Didn't win, but run, ran okay. Um, but adamantly Chelsea then was headed by Ebersari of, of Gordon Elliott, but then he adamantly chose and came out and won finally by 27 lengths. So I think he's got a lot of scope for improvement. Um, you know, William Mullins normally has quite a few that he's kind of got a untapped potential. I think these two could be pretty good. Um I know Langadan obviously he's been dropped a few pounds after that that Taunton run, but I still still can't really be having him against a few of these Mullins horses that look really exciting. So not I might back both State Man and Adamantly Chosen about five and eight respectively. Yeah, I would I would absolutely concur with you, Ben, to be fair. Um yeah uh Langadan I'm just just not sure. I'm not sure I believe it really, uh, but yeah, we'll see. We shall see. So I'm uh, best bet of the uh, of the Friday clearly is Langer Dan for you, Harry. Yep. And uh, what is it for you, Ben? I'm gonna go with my my lovely Hillcrest at three to one. Hopefully, Trevor will be looking down and and riding into victory in in the clouds. Uh, excellent and. Um, I will go for Ellie May in the Mayor's Chase. So that brings us to an end to our bumper Cheltenham Festival preview podcast over two parts. I hope you've stayed with us right to the bitter end. It's been a great fun having you along for the ride. Uh, Harry Reynolds, thank you very much for your company. Ben Wignall, thank you for your company. 
maybe we'll see you uh, again next year or I don't know when. But that uh, retired by them. Yeah. It, it was, Hopefully, we'll never chance so we don't have to do this again. Indeed, it was. It go was off, go off to a uh, Saint Helena and just never get heard from again. No internet, no nothing. <laughs> well, it was good fun while it lasted. Anyway, cheers to the lads for their thoughts, and uh, we shall bid you farewell and uh, see you next time. <laughs>